you're at a place you just discovered. And being an American Express Platinum card member with Global Dining Access by Resi helped you score tickets to quite the dining experience. Okay, chef. You're looking at something you've never seen before, much less tasted. After your first bite, you say nothing because you're speechless. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your dining experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences. So there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Hello and welcome to the Longform Podcast. I'm Evan Ratliff, and I am joined by my co-hosts Max Linsky and Aaron Lammer. I was uh, I was going out the door, and these these guys caught me. I was uh, I had my my bike helmet on, my my pink do rag on. That pink do rag is uh, that's going to define your summer. <laughs> Let's put a picture of that up on the <laughs> yeah. website. Uh, That'll be in the show that notes. That do rag is definitely going in the show notes. I'll show you the Amazon store where you can get it. Uh, we got a kind of unusual episode. Why is it unusual, Max? Um, it is unusual for timing purposes. I talked to Steve Candell, who is the long-form editor of BuzzFeed. I talked to him uh, a couple of months ago, February or March. I can't even really remember. And uh, it had been a while for a whole variety of reasons. We hadn't run it, so I invited him back, talked to him again. Spoiler alert, the first time when we talked, it's very it's a young man. It's optimistic, hopeful about his time. Now just dark cynicism despair time passes it's not an easy game the list game (laughs) we talked at length about why he refuses to do lists um if you're making a list of things to do next week don't put listening to the long form podcast on it because we will be taking our first ever inaugural week off uh for the fourth of july (laughs) we did take weeks off for christmas but this will be the first fourth of july week we've taken off inaugural one it's inaugural they could still (laughs) listen to the podcast they could listen to old ones who wants to listen to an old podcast, really? Uh, we got a sponsor this week. That sponsor is Tiny Letter from the good people at MailChimp. We thank them for their ongoing support. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, we would very much appreciate a rating on iTunes. Leave a comment. Tell other people to listen. Here is Max and Steve Candell. Hey, Steve. Hi, Max. How are things? Things are okay. It is nice of you to come over to my house. We were recording this at my house. This is the first time I've done this at my house. It's nice of you to have me. It's really nice to have it's you here. You're sort of homey. Let's talk, let's talk about, um, about what you're doing with yourself these days. Mm-hmm. You are the um, long-form editor at BuzzFeed.com. Yes. The we- a, at the website BuzzFeed. A web- popular website. Website for kids. Website for kids. BuzzFeed.com. You're mm-hmm. the long-form editor. You've been in that job for... Uh, four months, maybe, uh, actually five months. All right. So five months in at this point, what feels like, what's a Buzzfeed story? What's an ideal Buzzfeed story? Um, you know, so this is the thing that's sort of been happening since minute one where, you know, you have to deal with like people making the joke about a long form 
BuzzFeed story means that's a thousand cat gifts. And um, I'm so happy you said that first because I was just like, get it, let's just I get promised it myself that I was not going to bring it up. Get it out of the way, and it happens all the time, and it's totally understandable, and that that's fine, and you know that. But um, but like the the one thing that that I think um, that we've been kind of trying to use as a criteria, which I think gets confusing if I don't say it right, um, is like what would be the sort of you know, longer narrative, you know, nonfiction journalist, you know, journalism equivalent of something that would like have the same effect on you as a bunch of cat gifts. And I don't mean because it's cute, but I mean the kind of thing that makes you go, okay, I need a lot of other people to see this. Like that, the impulse that, that, that that sort of, you know, BuzzFeed banks on is the idea that if you see something, your gut reaction is going to be, to have other people, you want other people to know that you've seen it, you know, and that's like, that's what this viral, viral stuff is. So then the question sort of became like, you know, when you read something that you really like, or I do, and I'm, I know you do, like your reaction is that you want other people to see it too. And, and that's sort of what they're built to do. Um, what's the kind of thing that is going to sort of strike a nerve with people for whatever reason, which is, I mean, really like a very fair question to ask of, of any story. Right. Um, I mean, I guess like, I, I wonder how that's different than, you know, like what editors at the New Yorker or GQ or Atlanta, like, like, aren't they also like, don't, isn't that, aren't they also trying to find stories that people well, are going to yes, want to talk no. about? I think, I think that, that, um, you know, I can only speak to, like, you know, I worked at, I was at Spin for, like, uh, six or seven years before this. And, and, you know, and actually it wasn't that simple. Like, you had to think of, like, you know, what makes sense for the brand? What makes sense for the timing? Like, what's coming out this month? What are the other pieces that are going to be in this issue? And so, how do, you know, if we have an old guy there, then we need to have someone young. You know, it, it, you're almost casting it. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of magazines are like that, too. You know, um, they're so driven by release dates or, you know, or whether or not this fits what people's idea of of what our you know magazine means, and, and I do think that um, there's something kind of liberating about a place like like BuzzFeed that doesn't there isn't any sort of particular. It's not like for men of this demographic, <laughs> right. or you know what I mean, like it, it, and, and for you, men who wear giant watches, right? Exactly. I mean, you take that out of the equation, and you still need some sort of parameter, and then it really becomes like, well, you know, what's good? Like, what would people like? Because that's the internet and um and it seems like such a like a, a basic thing and and i and i think i've said this before um and it had been sort of misunderstood at meaning like like we're just sort of like trying to aim for some sort of lowest common denominator and it's like it's not that at all it's actually like playing to i mean it's really just sort of a fancy way of, of in long-winded way apparently of saying like you know what makes the stories of things that, that we would sort of try and do are things that would just like plain old be good. And it really doesn't matter. Like, um, it just basically has to be, this kind of isn't something that I haven't read anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And, you know, therefore it's interesting period. And like, and, 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 um, and it seems like such an obvious answer, but I actually, you know, in, in my experience like that, that has never been like the, 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 the main criteria of deciding whether or not to do a story. I want to just push you a little bit more on like mm-hmm. on, on what good means. And I guess, right. cause like the kind of stories that people want to read mm-hmm. in my experience uh, on long form, the kind of stories that people want to read are slightly different than the kinds of stories that people want to share. Right. That so, may be true. I like mean, um, sex and murder stories mm-hmm. are by far the most clicked. 
mm-hmm. but people don't often like um, retweet the hell out of a story about porn. Right. But it's by far the most clicked thing. So there's a slight distinction there. And I, and, um, but there are also those breakout stories which are widely clicked mm-hmm. and widely read uh, and ri- widely shared. And I feel like um, the adjective that like applies to those stories is crazy. Like the, the maybe yeah, like the the ones where people are, are like holy shit, like um, Michael. The one that like sticks in my head is that story about the like Russian movie set, the, the movie set that ate itself. That yes. Michael Idov story. Yeah. Like that that story mm-hmm. came out a while ago, but that story was like everyone I knew mm-hmm. was sending that shit around because they were just like this is this is crazy. That and the um and uh, Stephen Roderick's the Canyons piece. And yeah, the, totally. The Lindsay that Lohan was story. like, you know, yeah. And both that of had the, like a low hand factor. That's going to be tough had, to recreate. It, well, I mean, both of those things were, were impossible to recreate. I mean, they were completely singular situations. They, they could have only been that writer in that situation. And, um, and you, you weren't going to read anything else like it. And, 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 you know, obviously those they weren't drawn up that way i mean sometimes you just have to be lucky enough to get yourself you know in the room and then hope that that something great happens but i mean uh but yeah i mean like you know for every for every two of those stories there's you know 20 others that could have been that if only like you know i mean like what if what if you'd gone on the canyons and like you know lindsay lohan was like fine the whole time <laughs> right. and the movie was pretty good and everyone got along and you know that would have been i don't know that that story would have been it would have been fine it would have been kind of interesting i guess but, but it wouldn't like, have been that story it wouldn't it wouldn't have been that story right. and you just have to be able to put yourself in the in the situation where something like that might happen but um so you know, we, I don't, that's no that's no like disrespect to either writer at all i mean that's a huge skill is getting yourself in the room and being able to to be there when those things happen and be the kind of person that that people will say those things too i mean that that that's that's huge. And so, you know, as far as the difference between whether something's going to be clicked and whether something's going to be shared, um, I, I mean, for me, anyway, this is all like a work in progress. The idea of having that kind of information in front of you for me is like brand new. Right. You know, and, and it, it, it feels to me a little bit like uh, like weekend box office a little bit. Like you put a story up and then like you're looking at the numbers and after a day or two, it'll, there's a, a conversation. It's like, this one isn't going the way we thought we would. And, you know, it's a, what is it? And is it because the headline's like this or did we sort of not put it up the right time of day? And there's, um, it's all sort of very different to me because, you know, where I'd worked previously, there, you know, you can put something up and you could see the numbers, but, you know, very odd, like a cover story at it, spin for the most part wouldn't go online, you know, or big, you know, bigger, you know, it was, or you'd put some of it online and right, you're and still it, kind of judging by like letters to the editor and whether or not like your friends brought it up to you at the bar. Exactly. I mean, and, and this was, you know, I'm talking about like a year ago, you know, <laughs> so the idea that you could have this thing in front of you where, um, you can look at it and be like, Oh, this many people sort of looked at it, but this many people showed it to other people. And it, I don't think that there's like enough of a sample size yet to totally figure out what that is. Um, well, that's I, to- that's totally another type of uh, like long form story. I feel like the story that like people share without totally reading, well, which I happens could, a lot. Like you, you start seeing people like quoting like the first three hundred words. Yeah, giving, amazing read. Well, the other thing that's sort of been interesting about like the numbers you can get now too is you can see how long people spend on it. So you can see whether it's something that, that people looked at really quickly and then shared or whether it's people something that people spent spent time on. And that's really interesting to me too because I would actually rather have like, I mean, it's, I'm not the one who has to sort of answer to numbers necessarily, but I'm, be much, I'm much more interested in the idea that maybe 
not as many people read it, but they read it. Is, is that, I mean, I know that maybe you just say that you don't have to necessarily answer for the numbers, but I I'm do. interested yeah, in, no, I, yeah. you, I mean, you probably do on some level, but I'm interested in like where, what you think Buzzfeed saw, where they saw value in this kind of work. Like, is there value, is one of the, the important metrics people spending a lot of time on a page, reading to the end, sitting on one URL for 10 or 15 or 20 minutes? Maybe, I think, I think to some degree, um, I mean, I don't, I, there's no sort of ultimatum to me that like, you know, this, these pieces have to have this kind of number, I mean, or anything like that. I mean, I think, I think the, the, the interest in, 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 you know, from BuzzFeed's point of view as to why they're doing this kind of thing is the same reason why they're doing a bunch of different things because they can and because they're interested in it and because it's, you know, I mean, why do politics? Why have a business vertical? Just because you can't, you know, there's, you can do a bunch of different things once they have, you know, they have the ability to do that. So I, I think it's really just like, like anything else, it's seeing how these kinds of stories can work in this kind of ecosystem. But it's it's not meant to sort of be like some sort of change in direction in terms of what the place is trying yeah. to do. This is all in addition to not right. It feels of. like just expanding the experiment. Yeah, it's, just, it's, it's like, but, but it's getting it's expanding in like eighteen other different directions. Right. Too. right. I mean, we were talking before we started rolling about like Buzzfeed opening bureaus in Los Angeles and London. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, the experiments not, rolling in all these different. It's not lines. like it's some sea change. Like I'm like one person you know who's sort of doing this and other people there working on it too but there's also people working on a bunch of other things and it's really um it, it's not sort of meant to indicate that like you know like it's no sort of change in direction in terms of like what the site's doing it's just again it, it's it's going in a bunch of different directions and it's all trying to see how different kinds of writing and different kinds of pieces could also have like you know similar kinds of reactions as these sort of shorter quicker ones and um and it's again it's all just everyone is on is sort of at the beginning of this process just figuring out like how people find these kinds of pieces and how they read them and and, and how they get distributed i mean this is all basically within the past two years ever since the the medium the, the ability to sort of read these pieces in different ways other than just on a lap just on a computer screen or just on paper when those were the only two options you know it was a different conversation, but now that it's been so more you know normalized that there's different ways to read these things, it's only like now a year or two that 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 people are figuring out. Okay, so this is the deal. So how is this going to work? You know, what are the different options? Like, are you it, guys are you guys thinking about money at all? Are you thinking about how this stuff can pay for itself at all? Is that part sure. of the conversation? I, I mean, I mean, I I feel like you know it's 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 more expensive to do than the other stuff there. And like, I want to hold my own and I want to feel like I'm, you know, contributing to something that's doing well. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want it. You know, I don't think anyone wants to be like, you know, the charity case anywhere that they work, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's expensive, you know? I mean, I think historically charity isn't the right word, No, but, but, you know, features weren't the back of the book wasn't what paid the bills. No. Um, And so, I mean, I guess, Part of what I'm interested in is, you know, BuzzFeed's monetization strategy is sponsored content and pairing this stuff with brands. And so I'm interested a little bit in whether or not that's something you guys are thinking about with that is, longer stuff. That is literally not a conversation that I've ever, it's literally yeah. never come up. I mean, it's come, like the only time I've even had that's even sort of crossed my mind at all is... Uh, we, so we just we, there's now like a vertical where all of these um, 
pieces now now live. And while we were before it launched, you know, there was like Buzzfeed.com slash long for it's actually yeah, and uh Buzzreads is actually um the cute name for it. But uh you know, so while we were still sort of putting that site together, there'd be like a, you know, a big piece and there'd be like a sponsored post right in the middle of that. I'd be like, Oh, can we move that? And he'd be like, No. <laughs> <laughs> like that's where that goes. Like that's what you're you know, and it's like, Oh right, that's right. the whole point of this place. Right. But um but as far as like having to incorporate that into any of the pieces themselves, that is literally I've not heard like any talk of that at all. I I don't that's not like the plan for this. It's just yeah. um they're just feature stories. That's too bad, man. I was really hoping you were gonna be like, Oh yeah, we've actually figured that whole thing out. No. I mean I, I all of these stories are gonna make tons of fucking money. And uh we're maybe, very excited to share that with the world. Maybe, maybe um maybe um I should be smarter to to think about it that way. Um but I, there's no like plan afoot to all of a sudden do like, you know you know a, a, a history of the grilled cheese brought to you by craft, right. you know, like that's, if that's happening, no one's told me, um, well, it's a good idea actually. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can just pay me like a light yeah, royal, yeah, yeah, royalty. Yeah. You don't have to. You, I'm going to pay you in cheese. Yeah, there you go. So what are the stories you've done that you've been excited about, man? Um, which ones, which ones have felt like, uh, they hit whatever this kind of like alchemy that you're trying to figure out. I will, I will say, I was just thinking that before, um, pieces that have done, uh, that have actually, you know, really done well. We did a piece maybe a month, month and a half ago that was um, sort of like a TikTok on these um, kids in Quebec who did the Golden Eagle um, hoax. Yeah, that. And, like, that I think is probably done... That's one of the ones that has been, like, the most successful in terms of, like, the sharing, the numbers and all that, mm-hmm. too. And I think that's because there is something to be said for if something is going to be... Um, it's something that has some sort of like tech angle or, you know, that, I mean, that's sort of bread and butter for anyone who's going to already be on, you know, interested in BuzzFeed anyway. That seemed like, like kind of like right down the middle. Yeah, that one, that one felt like a really BuzzFeedy story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in a way almost, but yeah. But I mean, of, of ones that we've done, uh, we just put up uh, a week ago, um, I mean, something that we've been working on for a really long time is uh, Dave Peisner went to Jonesboro, Arkansas in January to meet with like all the families and survivors of uh, this school shooting that happened like 15 years ago. And, and you know, the, the idea was basically, uh, you know, seeing what happens to a community, like, how, like after this like sensational and sens- sensationalistic thing happens to a small town and all the media comes in and, you know, what happens after all that clears out, like how do these people get their lives back together? And uh, he'd been working on that for like a really long time. And, he, you know, that was like a, absolute beast of a piece that ran like over 10,000 words and um you know we're not like oh we have to hit a or we have an ad that has to go there so we have to cut it off and we can we, you know one of the things he said going early on is is like you know maybe he's not getting paid like the most that he's ever gotten paid on a piece but the idea is like he wants to be able to like you know really write it you yeah. know full on and 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 you know not have to like cut things out just for the sake of cutting them out and and really sort of do these these people justice because this is the first time a lot of these people were having were talking about this you know and and it was really hard to get them to talk so that's part of the pitch that's part of your pitch to writers buzzfeed is a place where you can tell the story you want to tell in full uh what else is part of your pitch i mean you've been able to to get in these first four months you've been able to get some pretty big yeah. name writers. I mean, 
Michael Mooney has a story on the site right now. Mm-hmm. Natasha Vargas Cooper uh, did a pretty incredible story for you guys. What's your pitch? What's, what, the, the, I mean, it's actually, I mean, it's just that people will see it. You know, that's a really big deal, actually, because, you know, sometimes you write something and, and you work really hard and you're even editing something and, and, and then it's finished and it goes in a magazine and you don't really know. You know, you don't know. You don't know who bought it. You don't know who, you know, it just, it, it just, I can't think of how many pieces I've worked on, um, you know, not just written, but, but edited and, and worked really hard on, spent a lot of time and then it's just out and you just don't really know. Like you, you know, you were saying before, it's like, maybe you get a letter from the editor or I don't know, maybe there's a couple comments if the site, if, if that piece winds up online. Right. That's like, which the, isn't uh, necessarily a guarantee depending on where you work. Right. That's like the, uh, paywall roulette at the New Yorker. Totally. It's like you work eight months on a piece and then you don't know whether or not it's going to be online. So, you know, what we have instead is like, well, here's, you know, it'll go online and we'll make it look good. And, you know, and it has the full force of buzzfeed.com behind it. You know, there's built in eyeballs and then there's the, you know, all the other things it does to get to be able to like bang the drum and get people to see it. You all have working in your favor. What about you? Are you doing more or less work? Is the is the is your actual day to day job? How how is it different than when you were working at a print magazine? Um, there's something about the 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 I was talking about this with someone the other day that I do kind of miss the the rhythm of of um of a, of a magazine, right? Because I mean, it's not like you guys are posting your story of the week every Wednesday at eleven. Pretty close, actually. We're now we're on a. Um, it got a little thrown off because with the Jonesboro thing, we were trying to actually hit what was like the fifteenth anniversary itself. But we've been kind of on like a Thursday night, eleven o'clock. Um, What's the theory on eleven o'clock? That's a Ben Smith thing. He think you know from the political world, like you know people are weirdly in front of their computers at eleven o'clock at night. You know when they're after their home and you know and. Um, but I mean, it, the way that we're sort of thinking of these is like. These are like, you know, essentially Sunday Times magazine stories. And uh, and that's kind of the model that we've been using with these. And that's sort of how we sort of have been thinking about them. Are and you it, finding that the that like mirrors the consumption patterns? Like are people reading this stuff at night and on the weekends more than you would think? Or, or more no, than less stuff than we would think. The numbers are sort of all over the place, which really? is really kind of interesting. See, we thought we had it figured out. And you look at the numbers and it doesn't, you know, and, and um, it, it's different with different stories. It might have to do with who retweets something at a certain time. It's really, it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing to have all the, that sort of data in front of you. But how often do you like dive into that data? Like, uh, like, I I get, do you go swimming in there? I do a little bit, but you know, a, I don't know what some of it means. I mean, everyone's just sort of figuring it out. But the other thing is it's like, it's so inconclusive. Like you'll have a couple weeks where it seems like there's a pattern. And then the next story, it's totally different. And you're trying to figure out why. And I think that like, I think there's a lesson there too. It's like there isn't really a science to this. It's it's interesting to be able to see and figure it out. I mean, just from a you know strictly from from a uh, anthropological standpoint in a way, like figure out when do people want to read. You right. know, like 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 what people you know people from what part of the country are going to read this kind of story versus that kind of story. You have all that information in front of you. Um, maybe after a year of doing these, we'll have more of, you know, of a, of this in front of us and we can actually sort of gauge right now. You sort of look at it every time I think, you know, we have something figured out, it, it'll 
change, you know, not for the better or for the worse, but just sort of be different. Um, for me, the idea of doing something on a weekly basis and keeping it to a certain time is it gives, um, it gives that sense of a deadline yeah. that I feel is really useful and helpful and kind of reminds me of closing a magazine, you know, right, like, right. um, like on a Wednesday night or on a Thursday night, it's essentially like me and John Gara, the designer, like sort of going back and forth, and like putting the piece together. And, and, and to me that feels like closing a little bit, you know? And, uh, and I like that. You mentioned that like, uh, you're sitting there on late on Thursday nights with a designer. Yeah. How, uh, how important is design in, in what you guys are thinking about and what you're trying to do? And hugely how- important. I think, um, there's, there's, a lot of things we, I mean, the, the the one that actually probably had the most elaborate work done on it was the the first one we did because we had the most time with right, it. That Atari story. Yeah. And, um, I mean, even something like, I mean, that was like white type on a black background. That was something that like the developers had to come up with. I, I definitely feel like every one of these pieces should have something that feels like sort of special and unique and, and specifically designed for it. Um, um, Art is a huge part of the story. Like, like, well, I think that I, I think that idea also uh, carries with like what you were talking about earlier, and sort of like debundling this stuff. And every story is sort of its own standalone piece. And also, you know, like you have to you have to wave your arms a little bit to get noticed. I think you know, and and uh, there was a there was a piece maybe a month ago that I absolutely loved that uh amanda pertusich wrote um she went down to the uh this like python hunt in in florida and like the piece itself i mean our worry for minute one was like it's the kind of thing it's like it's like kind of catnip for a magazine writer like oh there were were a couple of magazine writers down there at the python there were a couple and we sort of in one or two of those things had come out uh, after we'd already started working on that and that was like a thing that we went it's like well what do we do like you know like it's still a good piece. You're still a great writer. I and then the idea. So then it's just like, well, let's just do ours like better or do something about it that feels more, you know, unique. We're not trying to like pretend that we're like inventing this idea or that we're the only ones doing it. Um, but like, for example, with this piece, like uh, the New York times had done a piece on it and it was a pretty big piece and uh, gave all the background about, you know, the problem with these pythons, the Everglades and how they came up with this hunt as a way of thinning out the population. And it had, a, you know, a lot of the same sort of background and footwork that uh, that ours did, but then the last paragraph is like one of like the state hunters saying to the writer, "You should come with us," and it's like, "Haha!" And that's like the kicker, you know. Whereas like our piece was like, "Why is that the kick?" Like that's our first sentence. <laughs> right. Like, like why would you go, not go? with the python? Go. Yeah, why would you? Why is that a joke? Go out there, <laughs> get a pillowcase, and and so you know, and we go into it knowing that we weren't going to be the only ones doing this. But what what could we do to make it feel more unique? And like the you know, there's a bunch of like, we commissioned a bunch like little, you know, illustrations and made these little gifts of, of snakes. And it was cool, you know, and it was just yeah. sort of, and, 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 but it, it looked, but it also looked like, it looked like the BuzzFeed version of that. And I should add that I don't mean that in a pejorative way at all. I mean, like it, they had this character of like with the gifts and the, and like, you know, in a very, there was a, something very like characteristic about, about how the artwork was for that and it just made it feel like that was definitely like our version of this story and 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 i felt like 
that was hugely important to have that element with it. That that's right. what helped sort of distinguish it from from what we knew was going to be a bunch of other um, pieces about that event. And I think that, that the art is hugely important to that stuff. And um, you know, for other sort of more news related things, like you know, you had mentioned Natasha Vargas Cooper writing about this like this ten year old kid who shot his father, who's like a Nazi leader, and. Um, you know, that thing was like way more sober and, you know, you didn't really have photos you could work with because the kid had never really been photographed. And like, you weren't going to, you weren't going to do gifts of that one. So that <laughs> right. one was really just more like, let's get a couple good, simple things and yeah. have that be about the story. And that's yeah. fine. Like that. And you guys are starting to de- kind of develop. I mean, there was the, there was some similar design elements with that one in the Jonesboro story. I thought were like, kind of like somber images and sort of yeah, but I, I will say, with the, except for maybe one pickup photo with the Jonesboro one, well, you know, that was original photography. Like, we right. hired a photographer to go down and, you know, go, you know, they, there was a, there were bad lights and they, you know, they, and, and that to me feels also important. It just feels like you're, you're thinking about it as a package and you're thinking about it the way a magazine editor would think about it. Like, what is, what else is going to be with it? Like, what's the headline that's going to match the photo, you know? And I think that there's a little bit of an expectation. If you're trying to, if you're trying to put yourself out there as like, well, okay, print magazines may not be around anymore, but the things that you expect and like about, about that experience can still be like either replicated or maybe in some ways improved upon. Like, it's still not going to be the same tactile thing, but there's definitely things about the way art or photos and words in a particular kind of story, you know, play off one another that we're used to experiencing. And, and like, there's no reason that that has to go away. Like it shouldn't, you know? And so uh, I think people appreciate when they notice that that step isn't skipped. It's interesting when you're saying that you feel like you need to uh, wave your arms a little bit because I I feel like I've never seen I have never seen a job opening hyped the way that your job opening was hyped like like the fact that uh, that BuzzFeed was hiring a long form editor was like a new story in and of itself. Yeah, I don't know, and I'm and I feel like I'm almost like the last person to ask about the two because I don't totally you know like like I understand it, but I think. You know, the way I've sort of thought about that is I think people are just sort of excited that the idea, and I don't think it has anything to do with BuzzFeed necessarily, and it certainly doesn't have anything to do with me. I just think it's the idea that this thing that, you know, after however many years of like the sky is falling, the sky is falling, anytime that there's something where it looks like, some, you know, something is growing, people are just interested because everyone has a stake in that, you know? And, and you know, BuzzFeed happens to be a place that's been like, doing well and people have their eye on it and they're curious what they're going to do with that momentum and and those resources. And, uh, in 2009 when magazines were folding and all this stuff was happening, it was really like, really like, what are we going to do when we grow up? You know, like this stuff's going away and there's nothing replacing it, you know? So, so what happens? And now it's all of a sudden, like for the first time in a few years, it's like, okay, well that's one option. This thing's another option. And, and, yeah, it's just after so many years of like, well, pff, journalism is dead, magazines are dead, print is dead, everything's dead, dead, dead. That the idea of like, you know, all of a sudden, like, well, actually, it's not dead. It's just it's just moved. Now it's over there. People are like, oh, okay, <laughs> and that's like a huge value. You know, that's like, you know, you just see people's ears cock cock up like a dog. Like, oh, okay, well, then we were wrong. Let's and then you just everyone sort of scuttles over. So it just feels to me like it's like the beginning of a of a bigger story that, that, um, that just happened to be Buzzfeed sort of starting that that's fine. But I feel like that's happening even in in the past few months since this started, I feel like there's a 
you know, probably a dozen other things that are just as important and just as exciting. And, uh, you know, a year from now, it won't even, it'll, it'll, hopefully it's not even something that people talk about at all. And it won't be a news story. It won't be a media story. It'll just be, this is how things are now. I hope that that also means that you'll be doing the history of grilled cheese. Cause I think that's actually, yeah, well, big, yeah. sponsored by crap. It's also ka-ching. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that's what I'm saying, man. Then, then it's a spinoff and it's a whole website yeah. about cheese. Yep. Mm. I mean, buzz cheese, buzz cheese, man. I, I, I feel like uh, you owe me a drink after this podcast. Yeah, I do. Steve, thank you very much, man. Thank you. Hey, Steve. Hi, Max. Hey, man. Um, we talked a while ago. It was a, mm-hmm. I don't even remember when it was now. It was cold out, and it's no longer cold out. Yeah, it was definitely cold out. <laughs> I think it was like it was a different season. Yeah, it might have even been a different year. It was definitely a no, different, no. It was, it was a different a, era. It was a different era. It was a different moment in time. It was this calendar year. <laughs> it was definitely it was, this calendar it, year. I don't know if it was this fiscal year. <laughs> I uh, yeah, I think it definitely wasn't this fiscal year. <laughs> Anyway, you were in the office, and I thought maybe, like, uh, since you were here, yeah. we just uh, we check in. We well, see how things are going. What's changed? What's up with me? When I talked to you two months ago, mm-hmm. you were wide-eyed, mm-hmm. optimistic, mm-hmm. Uh, hopeful, yep. enthusiastic. Yeah. Have, um, uh, beaten down. Beaten down. It's over. All of the cynicism is here. Yeah. No. Uh, it's actually, it's been it's been going well. I think, the, the like, the best thing that I can sort of say about it is that it's not even something that, like, gets talked about or thought about it's just like it's you know it, it's uh sort of settled into like a, a weekly groove and i don't feel like you know we have to spend half our time like exp- you know justifying our existence um which is nice yeah that's you know, nice it's just like it's just we put up stories and people read them and some read more than others and that's kind of it and it's just like uh i don't know that's that's sort of it it it, it you know it didn't happen right away <laughs> it took a second Took a minute, but uh, did it take you a second to adjust to being like uh, the only adult in that office? Um, that's always a little that, that you know. That's definitely an adjustment being around that many people that are that young, you know, and uh, realizing that like I'm the one who doesn't get the jokes, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like like that's it's really. Um, but now you're just like riding the dad style. I, I you just sort of have to own it at a certain point, not not own it too hard, but just sort of know that that like. Um, that uh, I don't need to get the jokes. There's a dignity in not getting the jokes. <laughs> you know, there's a dignity in 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 going home to your more than one child, <laughs> to, your actual, to your two, multiple two offspring, actual children, and um, you know, and that's that's fine. Um, one thing we talked about a bunch of two months ago was about like the kind of story you were looking for. Mm-hmm. And the way you described it to me was like you were looking for stories that were shareable, just like other stuff is shareable on BuzzFeed. And uh, have you guys done anything recently that really hit that groove? Like, have you have you done the like perfect BuzzFeed long form story? You yet? know, it's funny because they're not always they're not always the ones that I always expect. Like, there's a couple that I'm like, oh, this is a home run, and there's others where I, where um, uh, where I'm not as sure about. But I mean, there have been a there have been a couple that have been like bona fide. Wow, that's just a lot of people read this thing, and. Um, uh, I think the the biggest one we've done so far is this thing that uh, that Jessica Testa, who actually is on staff at, at BuzzFeed, wrote. Um, 
she had uh, last year, like last September, had um, when there was this car chase in Arizona um, that ended with the guy getting out of the car and, and shooting himself on on the air on live television. Um, she had posted that video on, on BuzzFeed, and you know they caught a bunch of shit for it. And uh, and then you know there was this idea like hey, everyone sort of watched this you know viral video. This guy killed himself, and on Fox aired it, and that's all this you know crazy commotion. And the idea of actually finding out, but like what actually happened there? Like this was a person. People don't know why. You know why was he doing this? Like what led up to that? And so she went to um, to Arizona and sort of did like a TikTok of his like last day and hung out with his sister and and really found out like what happened and um not totally as an apology but really as like a look you know so we we were partially responsible for this aspect of the story and now we're sort of filling in the gaps there and that did like that's been the biggest one so far really yeah oh man that's like uh, yeah. that's encouraging on like a ton of levels yeah it was it, was, it absolutely was and and um yeah, it was like really encouraging. And then what's something we did a couple weeks ago is this uh, this piece about this um, uh, Iraq War medic who came back with like super severe PTSD and became a bank robber. Yeah, that I mean that that story. The other thing we we're talking about in that <laughs> interview a couple of months ago is like you're kind of looking for the crazy story, mm-hmm. and that story. Yeah, that one that one was a you pretty know. easy easy sell. And that you know so. Yeah, and and but the the Jodan Romero one that Jessica wrote that that's been the biggest one so far. I think second, um, or sort of right up there also is uh, this piece that Natasha wrote about um, uh, the big dildo factory in the valley. Right. Well, I mean, did, how else well. is that going to do? Yeah, you got and, no other options uh, for how that's going to do. That was a home run. And um, the, yeah, the, let me but, just go back to Jessica's story really quickly because mm-hmm. I, I I didn't realize that she was the one who had posted that video mm-hmm. originally. How does it feel to be working at a place where the person who can like throw up a YouTube video and cause a bunch of outrage then has the space or the time or the money or whatever else to go there and report the story? Like, I. You know, that, okay, so you were asking, like, what, what would be the perfect, like, BuzzFeed story? And I feel like without, you know, without sort of boxing it in, I feel like there, there is something to that because, because things happen so quickly and things get covered so quickly and really important things get sort of reduced to a meme. And that's something that BuzzFeed, you know, traffics in, whether it's responsible for it or, or not. The idea of then sort of stepping back and sort of saying, okay, wait, that, what, what actually happened there? Um, it's something that people know about, but they don't really know what happened. That like, there's there's a there's probably a dozen a week where things like that happen, where it comes all across like our collective radar, right? You know, but we don't really know what that was about, and then you know we move on to the next one. The ability to sort of step back and say like, actually, that thing there, like let's 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 look at that. Um, you know, it, it's not like it was like this preconceived strategy, but it makes so much sense to be able to go do that, and and you know and. You also you've had people on staff that sort of already know this stuff and, and already sort of engaged in it and, and were sort of thinking about it the first time around, right? Um, and uh, and there's a couple you know there's a couple others that are in the works like that. And there's a couple others that we've sort of done along those lines too. And I wouldn't say that it's like necessarily like a template, but that there is something to um, the way we sort of process news now that that makes sense for that where we're, we're getting all this stuff so quickly and in, 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 in such like, you know, sh- short 
um, sort of blasts, the, the ability to sort of think later, like, okay, that thing there, like, what was the actual resonant point of that? Like, why was that interesting? Like, why did that capture our imaginations for four whole hours right. that you, day? The, um, um, are you getting more pitches? Yeah. Yeah, I f- always feel like there could be more, though. I don't really know. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. It's like I, um, there, I always, I, there, there could always be more. Yeah. There could always be more. Um, there's I, on one hand, I like look at the schedule and it's like I've kind of have stuff slated into like October already. But at the same time, I yeah, I want I want more. I want other writers. I want different things. I, I it would be it would be great. The idea of feeling like uh, I have more than I know what to do with um, is is good. Yeah, and you're not quite there. Getting there, it's pretty. You know, it's like there's definitely like at any given time, there's, <laughs> there's a bunch of stories that I could be. Work for you know. It sounds like not doing a lot, like one a week at a place that does like you know six hundred posts a that day. It sounds like a lot to me, man. It does. It's weird, but in that in that climate, it's amazing how you can sort of feel like you're not working as much as other people. It's just a right. different. It's just a different process than other. You know, you see how much stuff people are cranking out, and then you sort of feel like eh, I'm sorry, I'm only doing one. But I also know that the what is going into it is different, also. So, um, are you like a is this section like a like a curio in the office? Like, are people are are? I mean, you've had a couple of BuzzFeed staffers write pieces mm-hmm. for you now. Are people eager to do that? Yeah, no, that's and, and that's been happening since since minute one. It just takes a long time because again, because everyone's re- responsible for like, a, a fucking bunch ton to do. of other stuff, and it takes even. I mean, even pieces. I've only written one piece in seven months, and I have two or three others that are in various phases of of you know of disrepair and. Uh, it's hard to to like carve out the the mindset to sort of sit and write and also do like the daily grind stuff. So for the that's that's like the biggest thing I think for people on staff is is figuring out that like um, that time distribution and and you know and also the the, the concept of deadlines when it's not like uh, it's not like you have to hit a print deadline right. where like you have to do it by then otherwise it can't be in the magazine. There's no way to sort of like replicate that. That uh, that like real world urgency right. with these things you can't too. really like hold them to the yeah fire. it's like yeah dude you know I need you to hand it in a week from Thursday and it's like oh but then there's everyone's got a lot of you know everyone's got like a lot of things going on every day and so that's been one thing that's that's been interesting to figure out but it's been great because it's like you know it's a room full of like insanely talented smart people. Um, yeah, you've got all these insanely talented smart young people coming in like wanting to do. The mm-hmm. stuff you do. Do you have any urges to like? Have you put together like the like? I have. I haven't. I 40, Forty-eight ways. No, you know I haven't. And, and I'm like it, and, and I was, father of two in an office. I've, I've, I've uh, actually Ben actually I think wanted me to do something like that. And that terrifies me because I actually don't know how to do it. And I do think it's harder than people think. And and that's like, uh, you know, people just sort of. But look, I worked at Blender, which was like you know. I worked at Maxim and at Blender, which were essentially BuzzFeed before BuzzFeed. Well, that was, I, you know, the, like the, the, that like rant that uh, Ben Mathis Lilly went on, mm-hmm. I thought was fucking great. Mm-hmm. And like the, the point he was basically making was like, people have been doing uh, content design to get attention for eons. Look at, just- look at every magazine cover line from the years you know, 2000 to 2007 when they stopped existing. And they all have <laughs> giant numbers on them. Right. 161 CDs reviewed. <laughs> the 38 craziest movie villains ever. I mean, it's, this is this is not anything new. And also, they're hard to do well. They're easy to do badly. They're hard to do well. And the more people try to do them and think it's easier, 
because they think it's easy, the more it sort of it becomes um, incumbent on the on on people who do these things to do them well. So I don't I don't take that for granted like like at all. I don't think that that's like um, yeah. I mean I, I I think you should pitch one, man. I think you should do one. Get in the spirit. <laughs> I might. I might. Um, but yeah. So uh, you know, I think that people have this idea that it's like. Oh, that stuff, you know, like, you <laughs> right. know, it's like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm, I literally owe my entire career to the existence of quick, pithy lists. I did yeah. them for years. I work at, a, I happen not to do them at the place that I work at now, the place that, but, you know, it's, that, that's what, that's what Blender was. And it's funny because it, it would be fun to go back and, and like, see all the shit that Blender must have caught at the time for like dumbing down music journalism, even though it had some of the smartest writers and I don't mean me. Um, <laughs> But I mean, like any issue of Blender was like a murderer's row right. of like the best music writers alive, you know, coming like writing like about, you know, doing lists. But the they were like smart and well done and funny and researched and not just like plucked out of thin air and took a ton of work. But I mean, like it, Josh Ells, Jonah Weiner, Craig Marks, Rob Tannenbaum, Douglas Wolk. Adam Higginbotham. I mean, like it was crazy. Clark Collis. I mean, this this is those are just people on staff. And right. then, you know, that's a it's a crazy amount of talented people doing these things that everyone else would look at and be like, oh, it's a list. But um, you know, lists are hard. Lots <laughs> of anything good is hard. Anything good is hard. I think that's uh that's a decent way to end. Okay. Anything good is hard. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for coming in, man. Okay, thanks for having me again. Again, second time. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to Long Form. I'm Max Linsky. My co-hosts are Evan Ratliff and Aaron Lemmer. Our editor is Lauren Kirchner, and our intern is Chelsea Edgar. Thanks very much to BuzzFeed Steve Candell for coming in not once, but twice to talk to us about what he's doing over there. They're doing good work. Go check it out, buzzfeed.com slash longform. And starting today, all of BuzzFeed's long stories will be available in the Longform app for iPad. Go get it. It's only $2.99. It's in the App Store. App Store, part of iTunes. When you're in iTunes, go to the Longform podcast page, rate us, comment, say nice things. We really appreciate it. Have a great 4th of July. We'll be back July 10th. 10th. Okay. Okay.